Hi guys, my name is Sarah Balding and this is my podcast, Faithfully Following. So today I have a really cool message for you all and it is about living by faith. And so we're really just going to explore what faith is, what it means to be saved by faith and then live by faith. And this is actually going to be the first episode in a series of um, learning about different people in the Bible and examining how they faithfully followed God and how they lived by faith so that we can then do that in our own lives and just get a little bit more context on what that has looked like for other people. Um, So we're going to start out with prayer and then look at some Bible verses and talk more about living by faith. Dear God, I just thank you for this day and for the start of a new month in November. I pray that you would just be with everyone who's listening to this and with me and that you would help us grow in this next time in our lives and that this um, series and that this message today would help us do that and would teach us more about you and how we can follow you. I pray that you would give me wisdom and um, the ability to interpret these passages correctly and just really show your will and your truth to other people through this. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we are going to be talking a lot from Romans and also from Hebrews. And if you follow my Instagram, you might know that I've been reading Romans um, currently because I think I made several posts referring to different chapters in Romans, but we're going to be talking about Romans 4, which talks about how we're saved by faith alone, and it references Abraham a lot. And that is really important, and Abraham is a great example of living by faith, and he's also mentioned in Hebrews 11, which we will get to later. But there's going to be a separate podcast in two weeks about having faith like Abraham and who he was, what he did, what his faith was like. And that will be in two weeks. So we're not really going to mention him too much today, but we are going to talk about some of the other aspects of Romans 4. So we are going to start out with Romans 4, 14 through 15. Um, And it says, do those who depend on the law receive the promise? If they do, faith would mean nothing. God's promise would be worthless. The law brings God's anger. Where there is no law, the law can't be broken. So this might seem a little bit confusing and it's hard to just kind of jump right into this passage, but I'm going to give a little bit of context and explain this idea of faith and works, which I've talked about before, where if you are living by the law and if that law gives you salvation, then there's no point to having faith because you can just follow the law and abide by the rules and check off your to-do list of doing this right and just really like doing every little nitpick thing in the law that would get you to heaven but that's not the truth and it says that God's promise would be worthless and their faith would mean nothing if that was the case because the law brings God's anger and when there is no law the law can't be broken so when we have the law and when you try to live by the law you're never going to be able to do that because there are so many things that you have to abide by perfectly and none of us are perfect. And in the Old Testament, that is what the presence of the law showed to us. It showed us that if 
we want to try and achieve salvation through abiding by these rules and these commandments God has given us, we're always going to fall short of that. And we're always going to mess up or do something wrong. And um, that will inhibit us from having this right relationship with God and having salvation and being pure and holy followers of God. And so instead of that, God gave us this opportunity of not having to perfectly follow the law, which we're incapable of, but instead gifting us with salvation, which can be achieved through having faith. And this faith is in Jesus who took the blame for our sins and died on the cross so that by his blood, we can be saved and redeemed. And this is mentioned in Romans 4, 4 through 5 where it says, when people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. But people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. So it's going against everything that we've be, been taught, and it is different than trying to fulfill the law, which would be from your own works and something that you have earned. Instead, it's this beautiful gift of salvation and right relationship with God because you put your faith in this God who has forgiven you as a sinner. And this gives us joy because if it was earned, if salvation was something that you could get up every day and work towards and achieve, and it, it was a prize for your hard work, then it wouldn't be joyous that you could receive salvation and redemption. It would be expected. But instead, it tells us in Romans 4, 7 through 8, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those who record the Lord has cleared of sin. And this is telling us that being saved is joyful because it's something that we didn't deserve. And that's really this idea of how we are saved by faith and we're saved by faith alone, which I've talked about before, but it's just so important to remember because if we're talking about living by faith, we also have to talk about how we're saved by faith, which is the beginnings of living by faith. And that is what helps us live by faith. So if we are saved by faith, how do we move into living by faith and moving past just that one point in time to having a lifestyle of following God. And now we're going to look at Hebrews 11, and we're going to look at the very beginning of this chapter and then also the very end, because this chapter really just talks about living by faith and how people over time in the Bible have exhibited that um, through Abraham, through Moses, through all of these different people that are mentioned in this chapter, and I highly encourage you to read it on your own. If you would like to read Romans 4 and read Hebrews 11, I feel like that would really set you up to understand this series a little bit better, but also we're going to be talking about all of those specific people in the weeks to come. But if we are looking at how to live by faith, we first have to ask ourselves what faith is. In Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us exactly this. It says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, an assurance about what we do not see. So we can't tangibly see God. But when you have faith in him, when you believe in him, you are confident in him. 
And I feel like a lot of times in my life, I don't put that much confidence in God and I don't take that many risks for God. But if you're fostering this life of faith, you are putting the utmost confidence in God who you can't see, but you still have so much belief and faith in. And it tells us in Hebrews 11 too, that through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. So this is kind of saying that all of these people who you read about in the Old Testament, who you've read about in the Bible, by their faith, they received salvation in a right relationship with God. And it wasn't from any works. It was purely from their confidence in the Lord and their hope in him and their belief in him. And it goes on into the third verse to explain how we can have this faith that will give us confidence and that will help us to live that way. It says, by faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. And this is just understanding that God is over everything. He rules over everything. And once you do that, once you give up your life to him and you understand that he's going to do it for good and he's going to use it for good and you don't fear anymore controlling everything on your own, then you can live by faith. And living by faith is not always this glorious, like pretty, like fun time, but it can, it can be victory and rewards on this earth, but it can also be suffering and challenges and difficulty on this earth. And when we go to the end of Hebrews 11, we find these kind of two ideas of what faith can look like and what living by faith can be in your life. And so if we look at verses 33 through 35, it says, by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back from the dead. So this is one picture of what living by faith can look like in your life. God can give you strength in your weakness. He can bless you and he can help you have victory in this earth and overcome all challenges, all opponents, all difficulty in your life. He can give you that victory. He can give you those blessings, but that isn't a promise that once you live by faith and once you're following God, that everything's going to go perfectly. Because even in this example of living by faith for all of these people mentioned in the Bible, they still had battles. They still had difficulties, but God allowed them to overcome it. But then there's also this example in the following verses in the rest of verse 35 and 36 through 38, how living by faith can look a little bit differently. And it says, but others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Now, I think this is really a key part of living by faith because it's saying that there were some people who were following God and they were being tortured for it. I want to ask you, like, do you think that if you were being tortured for your faith, 
you would refuse to be set free just to follow God? Because that's how strong these people's faith is. That's how much hope they have in, in something they can't see. They are willing to endure all of this suffering and literal torture just to stay in right relationship with God and just to follow him and live in his will because they place their hope in a better life after resurrection. So this is the idea that gets mentioned at the end of the chapter because they were living in a difficult life, but they didn't give up hope. And that's key to living by faith because no matter your circumstances, if you're looking at him redeeming you afterlife and in heaven so that you can spend eternity with him. And that is one of the promises he makes to us. That's how we begin to live by faith is having confidence that we are saved by faith. And so whatever you endure on this world is not going to change your confidence in God. Instead, it's going to just motivate you to follow him even more. And it continues in verse 36 through 38 that some were jeered at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half and others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. And this is people that are living by faith. It's not always pretty and it's not always fun, but it is worth it. And these people did it with gladness in their heart because they know that they're serving a good God who has promised them salvation and redemption. And either way, if you have victory in heaven or if God gives you victory on this earth, you still are going to put your confidence in God. And it tells us in verse 39 that all of these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. So whether... God is blessing you on this earth or whether he's going to bless you later in heaven, you still are going to earn a good reputation. And it's because of that faith. It's not because of the works you're doing or how many victories you've had on this earth, how many people that you talk to and shared the gospel with, which is so important. But it's about, at the end of the day, your faith and the place that you are at in your heart and the confidence that you have in God, which motivates you then to action into living with that confidence in him. It says, yet none of them received all that God has promised. And that is just coming back to this idea that they earned a good reputation because of their faith, but they didn't see everything that God had promised them. And that's what we're going to get into with Abraham and Ruth and all these other people is that God promises us different things. And those might not be seen in our lives. If he is promising you something and you are praying about it and you feel that this is something God is telling you and that doesn't come to fruition in a week, in a month, if you're praying for someone and you don't see God working in their lives it might not be that he's working in the way you want him to, but it could also be that that work is yet to come. And you might not see that immediately. And that can discourage a lot of people. But this verse is telling us that if you want to live by faith, you have to have confidence even when it seems like there's no reason to. You have to have hope in the hopeless. And you have to know that God will fulfill his promises, even if you're not able to see it. And that is 
the lifestyle that these people are living and they never waver in their trust in God and their confidence in him. And I think that we are being called to do the same thing when we become Christians. You look in, you look at the world and you see all of these different people pursuing fame or pursuing success with so much fervency and with so much dedication. And then you look at Christians and it's not always with that same enthusiasm that we follow God. But when you choose to live by faith every single day, you do that with a fire in your heart. You do that with motivation and endurance that comes from God. And you do that with all your heart, with all your life, because you're giving everything up to him and putting all of your hope in him. And it's really something that is going to require all of you. Every single part of your life, every single part of your heart is what it takes to live by faith because it's not living by your own standards or your own will and doing whatever you want to. It's doing what God wants you to do, which requires sacrifice and which requires commitment. And so if that's a step that you want to take, I encourage you to read these chapters and get into the word and get into prayer with God about how he wants you to live by faith. Because like I said, it's different for every person. It's not going to look the same for you as someone else because you have a different purpose. And it might be picking up your cross and going through the mud and the guts of life and suffering and grinding it out. But it also might be God opening doors for you and blessing you and giving you greater opportunities. But whatever that looks like, you have to go into it with joy. You have to go into it with confidence and with the strength of the Lord because he will provide and he is good and his promises will be fulfilled even if you don't see them right away or even if you don't see them in your lifetime. And so that is the essence of what we're going to be talking about in this next series on how we can live by faith, how we can faithfully follow God, and then just looking at different people in the Bible who have already done that and who have already been examples of that for us to look at and to learn from. So I just want to end in prayer before um, I close up this podcast for this week. And I just really want to encourage you all that this is something that you can do. Whether you feel like you're not prepared, you feel like you're not ready, God uses you and he wants you in your life right now and he wants to use that and encourage you and build you up so that you can live by faith and that you can make a difference in this world today and tomorrow and next week. And so I'm just going to enter into prayer now. God, I thank you so much for all these lovely people listening and I pray that you would give them a firm confidence in you, God, so that they would be able to live a life that is full of that confidence, that they would take risks for your kingdom, that they would have boldness in sharing the gospel, that they would be able to take steps to walk in your will, even if it's scary, even if it's intimidating, even if they don't know where they're going or what your end plan is or how you're going to use them. I pray that you would just give them that utmost faith in you and that you would encourage us and build us up in your words so that we know where that confidence is coming from. And I just pray that you would be with all of us and continue to encourage us and use others to encourage us um, in these upcoming weeks and for the rest of our lives. I just thank you for being such a good God that we can put our hope and our faith in. And I just pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.
All right, so that was it for this week. If you wanted to get a little bit more prepared for next week, we're going to be talking about having faith like Abraham. And so you can open up the Old Testament, maybe take a look at Genesis and read about Abraham if you want to become more prepared for that and just learn about what Abraham's faith looked like because that's what we're going to be talking about. But I just really want to say thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast and joining me on this journey as we learn together how to faithfully follow God.